Let the power of the Holy Ghost fall on us. That's what we need. God bless you, my friend. This is Pastor Harvey Burnett, and welcome to another edition of the Dunamis Word Broadcast. Listen, I'm just excited. I'm I'm happy. I'm thrilled that you've taken the time to join us today, and uh, we invite you for the next few minutes to Uh, Listen to the word of God that the Lord has sent through us to the community for this particular time. And we believe that this is your time. This is your time of blessing and this is your time of breakthrough. Listen, uh, let me tell you how to reach us. Uh, Number one, if you'd like to uh, send us prayer requests, as always, you can email us at dunamis1, that's D-U-N-A-M-I-S, that's uh, S as in Sam. One, that's the number one, at netzero.com. You can always reach us there. You can go out to our Dunamis um, uh, Word blog at www.bethelburnett. That's www.bethel, B-E-T-H-E-L, Burnett, B-U-R-N-E-T-T. That's all one word at blogspot, B-L-O-G-S-P-O-T dot com. That's right. Go out to the Dunamis Word blog. Listen, we are uh, moving forward. There's been so many things going on, and uh, uh, we have been writing and trying to talk about some of the uh, modern uh, things, but we haven't loaded the blog down with a lot of things that weren't in our direct mission to talk about. But uh, I want you to know that uh, uh, even though COVID is in the land, even though we've had a uh, social upheaval uh, seems like the moral underpinnings of life here have just been uh, shredded and pulled away from us. Listen, God is still in control. As a church, we are coming off of our three-day uh, fasting and prayer and time of restoration. And and I tell you what, uh, God has done some things uh, within the lives of his people through this fasting and prayer time. He has done some blessings for us as the ministry, done some things uh, and blessed us um, uh, as a ministry, and he is just moving according to his spirit. Uh, Listen, we're going to get right in the word today, and uh, we are going to go forth. We want to talk about a little subject that um, uh, that the Lord kind of prompted us into during the course of our fasting and prayer and seeking the Lord. Because one thing that we uh, must do is we must endeavor to come closer to him and hear the voice of the Lord. We had so many false prophecies this election cycle. Uh, now, whether your candidate was Donald Trump or Joe Biden um, is not the point of this broadcast. I had a particular candidate uh, uh, also that I hoped uh, would uh, be in office. Um, but nevertheless, you know, the Lord allowed things to go the way that he wanted them to go. Uh, and hoping and wishing is one thing. 
there's nothing wrong with that. You can hope, wish, and um, uh, and all of that type of thing. But we had an exorbitant amount of individuals that uh, uh, that were claiming to be Christian leaders and uh, spiritual leaders that stood up and said, God said that this election was going to go a certain way. God said. Now, um, there's a problem with that. And uh, the problem being is that God does not lie. Um, and when God says what he says, it's going to surely come to pass. Now, their prophecies were so specific that, you know, uh, a run for 2024. Uh, and, and for those of you who don't know, um, there were many that prophesied specifically under the inspiration of God and felt in their hearts, had dreams and all of these type of things. Uh, some even laughed in church at any alternate picture. Uh, that uh, Donald Trump was going to be president. Now, uh, this broadcast is not about or against Donald Trump in any way. Uh, and uh, and so um, uh, and, and neither are we promoting uh, uh, Donald Trump to that degree. Uh, but uh, we are saying that there were many who heard the voice of God. They heard him, at least so they claimed uh, that God was speaking to them. And many of them began to prophesy and say different things. Now, we talked about this on night two of our exhortation uh, in our fasting and prayer. But I wanted to bring this out even more uh, in this particular broadcast because it's vitally important that we as a body of Christ know what it takes to hear the voice of God. Number one, Jesus said uh, you know, he was given an illustration in John chapter 10 about the uh, uh, the porter and the sheep and sheep shearing and all of that type of thing and uh, and, and tending to the sheep, not sheep shearing, but tending to the sheep. And so in John chapter 10, he opens up uh, with a scene where there are um, uh, sheep uh, that are of evidently a couple of different or a few different flocks or herds and uh, this man goes to the door uh, and the door is open for him and he looks out and and all of those sheep he identifies his sheep or the sheep that's of his flock those that he had been tending for and when he makes the call the sheep that are in his um, atmosphere or in his uh, fold um, know who he is. They identify his voice. They identify his call from the call of others. Now, some people would think, oh, those are dumb animals. How could animals understand and how can animals know? Well, sheep are smarter. Uh, though sheep are dumber than one thinks, <laughs> sheep are also smarter than one thinks. They can identify the voice of the one who is tended to them. Now, this is vitally important because, as I said, uh, that, um, that we need to understand in a uh, ancient Near Eastern context what it meant to shepherd sheep, what it meant to uh, have sheep that we protected, and we need to understand uh, some of the nuance uh, in uh, shepherding 
in uh, ancient Near Eastern times. That was a very important job for a number of reasons, uh, and those reasons also included religious and sacrificial reasons uh, and uh, reasons that, you know, the community of faith would be blessed as well. So uh, this is a very important job uh, with shepherding and sheep herding, and David was a shepherd himself. The first king or second king uh, of Israel was uh, certainly a shepherd, and we all know, um, you know, uh, about uh, the Psalms and, and, and which, you know, he talks about the Lord uh, being a uh, good shepherd and uh, relating that directly to his works, you know, and uh, his previous occupation. So um, this is a vitally important job and one that had uh, some significance in the time in which it was done. Now, um, interestingly enough, the shepherd was so attentive to his sheep that he could identify the sheep and name them name by name. There were attributes of each sheep that the shepherd was familiar with. And when he was familiar with those attributes, he would begin uh, to call them by their name. He would name them. And when he named them, those sheep would respond because they grew up in his presence. He would care for them, tend to them, love them and protect them from evil, protect them from the wolves, uh, what have you, that was looking to destroy them. And uh, uh, and he would uh, uh, call them and they would hear his voice. Now, Jesus says in John chapter 10, he said, my sheep, you know, hear my voice. You know, my sheep hear me. You know, we've got people that are running around talking about they've seen the Lord face to face and he's on stage and 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 follow me because I see him as on stage. Listen, that's a farce. That's a ruse. That particular uh, gentleman that's claiming that he has seen the personal appearance of the Lord and and God is the only one showing up on uh, God or he's the only one that has God showing up on his stages and all that. That is a farce. It's a ruse. It's a lie from Satan to deceive the body of Christ and people are running into deceit. I'm surprised that that gentleman is still even on uh, the air and broadcast out of the personal moral failures that have been exposed on him. But you know what? People that love sin, they will follow sin and they will support it to the end. And that's exactly what's going on in that particular gentleman's life. But anyway, that was a, a little deviation. But listen. Let me tell you, God's word is revealed to them that seek him. And that revelation has nothing to do with the flesh. And this is the problem, is that too many individuals are living after the flesh. And they have actually transposed or um, replaced the voice of God with the voice of flesh. And so now they actually think that God speaking is, you know, uh, that um, God's voice or the flesh's voice is God speaking. They, they think that by crowd size, by the amount of money that they can get in, by the, um, uh, you know, the amount of accolade, people patting them on the back, the amount of material wealth that they can receive or amass that God has somehow, somehow approved and ordained them uh, 
to do what they're doing, and therefore they think that everything that comes into their mind as they think carnally is of the Lord. Now, that's a very dangerous uh, uh, thing, and it's a very dangerous situation because Paul says in Romans chapter 7, or Romans chapter 8, actually, that there is such a thing as a carnal mind. And that carnal mind is an enmity against God. Now, I'm not going to go, you know, maybe all the way uh, deep into this. And and maybe we will. Um, But there's a background here to what Paul was saying in Romans chapter 8 about the carnal mind. The carnal mind is an enmity against God. The background here is uh, what he said in Romans chapter 7. And what he says in Romans chapter 7 is, is, is quite clear. He talks about a, um, a war in his members, that is, in his flesh, or a war in the flesh. Now, I want you to know, uh, I've written on the blog, and I certainly believe and uh, that there is no sinner uh, for Christ, sinner for Christ, that Paul is not talking about some grand struggle that he had in sin and serving Christ and all that because he talks about overcoming that and the power of sin and the life of the believer is destroyed uh, by the blood of Christ. So Paul is no glorified sinner for Christ and he's not making an excuse for some sin in his life. But if we read Romans chapter 7 verses 18 and 19, it says like this, for I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing for to will is present with me but how to perform that which is good I find not in fact um, uh, and then he says for the good that I would I do not but the evil which I would not that I do now he is talking about as I've written before on the blog he is talking about the man uh, without sin the man or the man without Christ the man that uh, uh, has not come to a conversion experience with Christ and has not um, uh, had that fulfilled in his life. That man cannot control himself because he is in what's called the flesh. Now, the flesh can be tamed. You know, the flesh can even do good things. And, And one thing that I propose and one thing that I will help you to see is that even the carnal mind can do good things. Those with a carnal mind can do good things. You can't tell me that a person that does not follow the Spirit cannot get a benefit and see the urgency and need of satisfaction to feed the hungry, to uh, help those that are downtrodden, to be on a, uh, a suicide line to help uh, individuals uh, overcome the encouragement of suicide. If we think that these good things are reserved for just people of faith or people who believe, I think we need to reevaluate uh, that position. Uh, there are a lot of people with a carnal mind who can do good things. But good things will not save a person. Unlike what some churches teach, no matter what, how many good works you do, um, you will not be saved by those good works. Paul said within him, within his flesh, there dwells no good 
thing. Well, in order to understand that, you really have to look back at how man was created. And we may be challenged in some of the, um, what I want to say, some of the notions or some of the things that we have believed for a long time regarding how we are made. In Genesis chapter 2, the Bible says, uh, very interestingly enough, that man uh, in Genesis chapter 2 and 7, and it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Okay. Now, this is probably why I won't um, uh, fully get into uh, this particular message today, and we'll probably make a part two. Um, because the scripture here says that God formed man of the dust of the ground. And we see that, you know, um, uh, this is not the second creation of man as the critic, you know, asserts. This is how uh, this is a restatement uh, of actually Genesis chapter one. It's not a second creation as uh, some biblical illiterates claim. Uh, Genesis chapter one is poetic in prose and 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 the flow of it is different. Genesis chapter 2 goes into a specific element of dealing with man's creation, its relationship to uh, sin and the world in which we live today. Uh, I can go into that later. But here we have God creating man, forming his body from the dust of the ground and breathing into him and making him making man, man in his wholeness, man in his entirety, a living soul. Man is a living soul. Now, interestingly enough, David, the scripture talks about uh, the spirit and the soul. Many, and, and also talks about the body. The Greeks taught about the tripartism of man and mankind. They thought, you know, man has a spirit, soul, and body. And they were seeking to try to explain the acts and the works that people do, you know, how they can be good on one side and bad on the other. And how they can do so many good things, but yet and still so many evil things as well. And so they were seeking to understand the dichotomy of their nature. And uh, they taught an element of body, soul, and spirit. And that thing has pervaded and, and, and is present in the church. I'm no doubt that you have heard that man is a spirit that uh, lives in a body that has a soul or something like that. Man is a soul uh, that lives in a body but has a spirit that reaches out to God, something uh, according to that. But the Bible says in Genesis chapter 2 that man is a living soul. The totality, the entirety of man is a living soul. Okay, uh, this requires more study and unfortunately I'm running out of time in this broadcast listen we are going to get into this in the next broadcast so stay tuned until next time this is Pastor Burnett bidding you Godspeed speed.